So it's almost spring, Ray. Almost spring. That is very optimistic. At least when this episode freshly launches. Very, very optimistic. Come on. (laughs) Almost spring. Yes. I'm going to go ahead and say it feels right around a couple of corners. (laughs) Well, we'll find out tomorrow, perhaps, uh, after we get some predictions from what turned out to be uh, everyone's local groundhog. I mean, we didn't do the research on the no, groundhog thing. Just, just a quick aside. And yes, I always thought yeah. our groundhog was the only groundhog. As one would. Yeah. Growing and, up in the state, yeah. And they just shared that information with the rest of the country. Right. And I'm going to say to you... They <laughs> shared it with the meteorologists. Yeah. Anecdotally, I, I'm really pretty sure I've seen our version of the groundhog in national news. Okay. So maybe this thievery of persona oh, maybe. is new. Well, we don't, yeah. I don't want to postulate because we don't know. We don't know. Yeah. We didn't I, I do, said we maybe. Didn't. No, no, I know. I know. I know. I'm just reiterating. So um, Mike the Mill Rat or whatever that one. That Milltown Mel. Milltown Just I saw in the Mel. news from Today, New Jersey, somewhere. from New Jersey, has passed. So you know, R.I.P. Mel. Yeah, the groundhog. No, yeah, yeah. But again, yeah, I. Uh, spring maybe. Springs. We'll just, find out. Oh, we're gonna find out. <laughs> Still feels a little optimistic. So it's the day before uh, 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 Groundhog Day. Yeah. Uh, that we're recording this. Sure. Everybody. Yeah. And Groundhog Day, for those of you in other parts of the world that may oh, not have this thing. Right. So a groundhog, he's a member of the weasel family, isn't he? What the hell family is he in? That's a rodent. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. I don't know. I'm guessing rodent. But he's a cool enough little dude. He, he runs around and eats grubs and whatever the hell he eats. Sure. Right? Groundhog stuff. Yeah, groundhog stuff. Yeah. You want to pet him, but you best just to live, leave him have his way and yeah. have my way. And he or she, in this case, he. In our state. Well, they named him Phil. Right. If they see their shadow, then there are six more weeks of winter tomorrow. If they see their shadow tomorrow. Yes. But if they don't see their shadow. Early spring. Early spring. Are you sure that's how it goes? Because I'm not. I feel decently confident that's fine i believe you i yeah. i actually don't know which way it goes i I'm forget pretty sure that's it <laughs> yeah you would think the opposite you think you see the shadow that means the sun is out hot diggity dog but i i think it's the other way shadow i think means I, winter yes yeah, casting a, a shadow on spring yeah a scary whatever yeah yeah so that's a little <laughs> bit of something yeah <laughs> <laughs> groundhog day so do we have a Ray? That's a great idea. Topic. <laughs> you know I'm going to ask. Going down. These are things that go down. Well, like like in a tough way. Okay. Like you're going down, buddy. Oh, I see. It could be. Well. That's figurative. I guess mine's not. Yours is not tough either. Figurative. Mine are a little tougher than yours might be. I see I think I have here. a figurative and a literal. Yeah, I have two literals. How about that? Well, not. They're figurative, but they're more direct. Yeah. And uh, I'll start us off with that, if that's cool. Go for it. Yeah, that's great. (laughs) (laughs) So this one is doldrum. Uh, Okay. You know, I'm in the doldrums. 
I don't know, Ray. Winter really has me... In the doldrums. In the doldrums. Yeah. What am I saying when I say that? You're like, you feel like you're in the middle of uh, not greatness. <laughs> in, some, in a bad place. In a not good place. To me, it brings up like a storm, right? Like mentally or, um, or emotionally, is that what you're saying? Yeah, right. You're, you physically could be in a very good place, but emotionally, you're not in a great place. Now, yeah, that's yeah. how we use it. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, I'll get, yeah, a state of inactivity, stagnation, or depression. Oh, there you go. Yeah, which is fine. I mean, not pleasant and everything, but earlier uses, earliest use, in fact, doldrum that we see uh, the morning herald where the devil is the morning herald from i wonder illinois i'm just guessing <laughs> tossing it out uh in any event april 1811 1811 yeah i am now in the doldrums but when i get better i will send for you figurative I- use is that right yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Then in a poem that came out later, but was actually written prior, 1803, so this is, that's something special, huh? Dear girl from noise and London city, I'm here among the blithe and witty, <laughs> where young and old from every clime, like adepts, learn to murder time. If you've the doldrums or ennui, forsake the town and come to me. Hmm, how about nice. that? That's lovely. Uh, like the rhyme scheme. Yeah, so really written 1803. So there's doldrums and here again. Clearly a, a, a poet. Hell yeah. It. And um, suggesting that maybe this lass that he was fetching after mm-hmm. uh, was depressed or something and and missing him. Mm-hmm. But maybe she's just fine. I don't know. We never, we don't, well, we'll he, never know. He thinks she's depressed. Yeah. <laughs> That's all we know, yeah. That's all we know. <laughs> Good luck there, buddy. So you have those uses of doldrum in that way, right? But there's a funny thing about this word that I didn't expect. And I'm going to ask you, Ray. Hey, Ray. Yeah, Jay. uh, If I were to say to you, man, I was looking up the etymology of this word and I discovered that the damnedest thing, it is from that odd place where so many things come from. Where would you say that was? I would say sailing. Sailing. Right. So many idioms. So many idioms. And um, my personal favorite origin. <laughs> well, perhaps this one is included. Nice. In that category. Yeah. Um, the doldrums is a broad belt of low-pressure and weak-pressure gradients toward which the trade wind airstreams of the northern and southern hemispheres flow. And specifically... Oh, okay. Specific- okay, yeah, yeah, go ahead, sorry. We see this area that is uh, between South America and Africa, uh, right near the equator, mm-hmm. in, right in the middle there yeah. of the southern Atlantic Ocean. Where the winds turn around. Yeah, and what happens is, you know, the, the winds kind of cancel themselves out, and instead of creating a storm, they just create no wind. Oh. And so sailing ships couldn't go anywhere, and were sort of stuck for a period. Yeah. Floating. Huh. 
So this we see, however, its earliest use in the 1830s. It makes you wonder, right? So doldrum. Okay. Let's let's uh, right. let's explore further. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, because if we're popping out and sailing 20 years after the poet, right. What's that mean? What does that mean? Why is it this place yeah. in the Atlantic Ocean after it was this sensation of, uh, you know, sadness uh, uh, or, or, or stagnation? Stagnation, I mean, I think that's, yeah, of not moving. Well, yeah. Yeah. But there's more. <laughs> but you wait now and keep listening. It really <laughs> takes a turn on you. And, uh, and I'm going to get to that. So let's remember dull. Let's take this apart okay, and get to where the true etymological... Anytime you say etymological, <laughs> it's going etymological in my head every single time. It's right. Bootsy Collins saying it every single time. <laughs> Just letting you know. So the, the dig uh, brings us to, yes, dull. Yeah. Uh, lacking interest or excitement, true. But, you know, digging back into the 1200s, uh, lessen the vigor, activity, or sensitiveness of yeah, to too dull something, right? Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Fourteen, like uh, yeah, you have some glass, and they discover well, if, if we want glass with the light, but we don't want anyone to see through it, we just rub it with this sand and dull it out, and uh, it actually we can't see through it anymore, but light still goes through it. Mm-hmm. So. Um, that you know goes all the way back to 12th century and um and then varying evolutions of it still in that same category mm-hmm. up through remove the brightness or clearness of as i kind of said yeah it was also 16th 17th century thought of as a as a dullard or was used that way and still is in that way you know to to say if somebody's not not very bright mm-hmm. not very sharp not very smart you're dull. Right. You know? Yes. Dullard. Like a dullard. No, I know. It's, 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 a, it's a good word. But here, here's something else you don't expect, though. The Spanish Inquisition. Well, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> but no, uh, something else. It is actually a conglomerational word, a conglomeratory okay. word. Yeah. Yeah, like that. Of dull... Okay. And tantrum, okay. which was tantrum, uh, and digging back here to 1714, we see the first use of tantrum, which evolved into tantrum. Yeah. Tantrum. Yeah, it was T-A-N-T-E-R-U-M, but, you mm-hmm. know, people talk and then that E just went away because yeah. no one pronounced it, I guess. You know? Sure. This letter written by Elizabeth Verney in 1714 to her sister, Our Lady has had some of her tantrums as vapors coming out, etc., but is, I think, at present much better in health. So I believe no danger of losing her. There's, you know, some interesting yeah. spelling, but... No, no, sure. You get the idea. Mm-hmm. So you see the first use of that as sort of, uh, well, I was thinking now as a kid having a tantrum, etc. So what word they created was instead of the upbeat, frenetic, aggravated sense of tantrum, mm-hmm. which was, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, exasperated, Overly excited, yes, mm-hmm. agitatedly excited, uh, what you have was we're dull, 
the everything is dull and we're in a state of dull drum mm-hmm. they just put that together you know and said well this i'm in the other way i'm, I'm on a like, tant- tantrum yeah i'm sort of dull drum dull drum stuck down in there right mm-hmm. uh and then what happened because that occurred in the back end of the 18th century 1700s mm-hmm. sure and so this region that I described to you called the doldrums, yeah. uh, where ships kind of get stuck, and it's not the only one, but this one is the classic one because uh, it's where this thing happened, uh, where that area continued to be called the doldrums uh, because people on the ship reported when stuck there mm-hmm. in 1830s, they knew this new word. I'm I'm in the doldrums mm-hmm. as a sad state. Yeah. And reported back saying they were in the doldrums to people who did not know this word. Mm-hmm. And so the people they reported to who managed shipping and et cetera and were wondering where the hell their product was and their ship was assumed this was a place. Hmm. And they're like, oh, they're in the doldrums. All right, then note taken and we marked our maps but really they just didn't understand that these people were just sort of stagnated and a little depressed because they couldn't go anywhere and chose to use that word Mm -hmm. Um, yeah if you dig in one direction it looks like oh that's it that's weird it's called the doldrums because of this place where the winds cancel out but really it existed before that but got sort of convoluted in some experiences back there in 1830 and some correspondences between people coming back off the ships, Mm -hmm. et cetera. So it's really tantrum and dull uh, combined. I like the idea of combining like Susan and Penny. (laughs) That's Sue Any. (laughs) But yeah. (laughs) So... uh, Can... This is, uh, will you spell the word for me? Is it D-O-L or D-U-L? Right. Well, that's good that you ask. Okay, great. Because, great question. <laughs> yes, I know. So this region was named the doldrums, D-O-L-D-R-U-M-S. Okay. But as a lot of things happen, see that, that dear girl from Noise and London City poem I read you. Yeah. That also is spelled with an O and not the U, as you might expect. The commander said, don't worry, I don't have the authority to kill you today, which was positive for that day anyway. In 1993, Chris Moon was captured by the Khmer Rouge while clearing landmines in Cambodia. With survival probability low, Chris was brought in front of the boss. He was just given a local nickname, Mr. Clever. Hi, I'm Steve Windus, host of the Batting the Breeze podcast. I'd love you to check out how Chris survived, along with some other great human stories at battingthebreeze.com. Hopefully see you there. I mean, we've seen words change vowels for sure with ease throughout history. Right, but this was quick because you were, they were using dull. They oh, we were, were you? Okay. so they it was what they were using oh, okay. and they had combined with the... Yeah, so... Hmm. Oh, yeah. Perhaps to throw off uh, the speculation. Uh, word trackers, or make it a little more clever or new. Yeah. So doldrums. 
if uh, if you were stuck in this uh, non-moving area of the Atlantic Ocean, the doldrums, if you will, one may say they were in hot water. What are you saying? In hot water is mine. I in like a troubled sense. Yeah, hot water. Uh, I mean, if you, you just got stuck there long enough, yeah. yeah. I was just trying to segue. Sure, you'd say, what the hell? In hot water. In hot water. In hot water. That is means I'm in, I'm in trouble. Yeah, right. The state of discomfort, well, state of discomfort, difficulty, uncertainty, or trouble. It could be as simple as trouble. I went straight to trouble. No, sure. I mean, I think we would use it uh, in the trouble way these days. Yeah. Otherwise, I'd say I'm in a pickle. Mm-hmm. It's quite the pickle. Yeah. I'm in a pickle. Um, the OED and a lot of other sources uh, will cite this 1537 quote as the original quote. Uh, and it is challenging to say. Go ahead, say And it. read. <laughs> <laughs> I can get no conserved dishes for those that my lady Fitzwilliam hath came out of Louvant. Howbeit, if they be to be had, I will have of them. Or it shall cost me hot water. <laughs> so, Ooh, I kind of like it. I do. I, if I if they be to be it. had, I will have of them. Yeah. Is nice. That yeah, is very brilliant. nice. <laughs> <laughs> that that's sort of reminiscent of uh, Will I Nilla. <laughs> it's uh, it's yeah, it not be, in meaning, but in the way in the that way. that little poem yeah. was phrased, as I recall. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, it, and what I can gather is, basically, if these things are able to be had, I will have of them. Or I will be in some kind of trouble or some kind of, I will have to work uh, in order to get these things. Consternation like. is what I'm getting. Kind of, but in the, in the, in the way that, that the, they say, cost me hot water, it kind of, this area of time, it, well, most areas of time before modern day, you know. Um, you know, you could you could say that the the labor that it would take to get water and to make it hot, you know what I mean. So it is like a it's actually it's work. It's it's going to take me lots of effort. Oh, he's got to make a fire, right? Exactly. Get some wood. So, so to something for something to cost you hot water, it's it's actually quite costly, sort of. You know, it would put you in this. You know, I don't want to say predicament. I see. Or disc, you know, discomfort. But you know, it was challenging. Inconvenience. Right. You had to go. You know, again, you can't just flip the hot water switch. The the hot water switch, because that's a thing that people have. Well, yeah. (laughs) The the, faucet. Yeah, the faucet. Yeah. Um. So yeah, at this at this stage in our lives, um, this was a lot of work. So it it did become that kind of metaphor right around this time uh, for trouble, inconvenience, and difficulty uh, in the language sense. But, um, you know, the thing about hot water is, uh, have you ever heard, Jay, have you ever heard of these things, uh, they're old, called murder holes? Wow. <laughs> no. 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 Uh, yeah. So when we... You know, we're we're tribal folks, species, whatever. So you you build Very your so. you build your. Uh, I'm going to speak specifically in the context of castles. So they are these 
essentially, if you were to walk, say, through a portcullis and opening in a doorway in a castle or even into rooms or other passages, you may look directly above your head. Yeah. And in doing so, you may see a, a hole in the, in the bricks. In, in, in the there, doorway. Door, above you. Yeah. In a doorway, in a ceiling, in a room, above you, just above you. Mm. Um, and these holes, depending on where they were, it seems, uh, would be used for, you know, people who who wanted to keep you out of this this house or castle at the time. They could, they could throw fire or drop, you know, boiling uh, water on you. <laughs> From above, oil, hot oil. They said oil. Spears. Oil is the uh, the go to, but it said oil was very hard to come by. Yeah, you want so want probably to waste your oil probably more you... like water. But yeah, spears, rocks, whatever. Uh, said hot sand, uh, tar, which apparently you could get your hands on. Uh, yeah, you just like uh, pour it down the hole onto people below you, and that would you know that would uh, put them in a little hot water. Yeah. It was uh, in- intended to discourage invaders once they had breached the walls. <laughs> sure, that would that would send you right back. Uh, a lot of folks say that sometimes these, what I like to call murder holes... Um, <laughs> what were, they called murder holes? They were called like murder eggs and other things, not specifically holes. <laughs> I think murder we put the eggs. hole on there. I'm going to, I, uh... I, but the word murder was in there, right? <laughs> it's, it's, uh, I looked up murder hole, So we're gonna, it was in there. <laughs> we know what we're trying to do to our right, enemy to coming the in the door. But like I said, some of them were actually in internal rooms. So if you had gotten into, like, say, you're in your living room, you'd like, I'm just relating it to, like, you know, right now. And, you know, maybe someone's upstairs above the living room. And they actually need you. They'll, they'll yell. They'll yell through the murder hole. In which case, it's not a murder hole inside the house. Maybe it's just like a intercom. <laughs> yeah, it could be two things. Right, but out, but towards the the walls and out there, those are the those are the hot hot uh, water holes. Yeah. So this, you know, we're castles. We're we're, we're into our civilization, sort of by this. Uh, but uh, let's keep on going back, if you'll join me. I'm going. We're heading back to around the 920s, 920. Hmm. There are these legal manuscripts that, that folks found. Um, I'm readers digesting all this, obviously, that describe these interactions called ordeals, spelled like, well, spelled like ordeals, but also O-R-D-A-L-S, like ordal, ordals almost. These ordeals are punishments for crimes, essentially. At, at this time in our in our whatever heritage um, stockades right <laughs> almost yeah exactly uh one w- one of these ordeals is described as um the person had to remove a stone from boiling water and the severity of their crime uh would indicate like how deep the water was so, oh, wow. how, so like yeah yeah <laughs> No, I know. They got creative. Oh, it's, uh, yeah, yes. So creative in ways to harm one another. It's fascinating. Yeah. It really is. I mean, I, I do find that, as you know. Like, I find the butchery is, is fascinating. So a one-fold crime, if you will, would be just up to the wrist. You know, you could probably grab that out right quick, you know, like, ha! Ah, yeah. Ah. Uh, but a three-fold crime, if you would, would be, uh, like, past your elbow. You got to get in there and get that stone out, and even so, well, they like, might have greased that stone before dropping it in there. 
That's awesome. <laughs> we can only hope. I mean, we uh, know it happened. Oh, sure. Of course. Or they just, like, <laughs> weighted it so it was very heavy to get out or something. Like, I don't think they could have fastened it yeah, to the bottom. Yeah, how big is this stone? How big is this boiling vessel? You know, this is 920s manuscripts. They're not drawing us pictures and giving us scale diagrams necessarily. Yeah. So I, I didn't see that information uh, presented to me. Sure. <laughs> I'm guessing probably a bowl. I mean, you're, you know, we're, we're just we're throwing pots and stuff. We're not making... Nah, I'm not saying that. We've been making cool stuff. Maybe it's a sweet vase. Who knows? Arm-shaped. <laughs> um, so these ordeals would uh, take place at the church, which, again, was really the normal gathering place uh, for kind of anything in the town. I mean, you know, honestly, it really was like... Ordeal. It's a a gentle way to gloss over it. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I wanted to see if there was any, like, rite of passage, like, tie. Like, oh, it was a thing for a crime, but also, like, it was a rite of passage to for you to become uh, whatever. But I did not see any rite of passage stuff. It was just seemingly for crimes. (laughs) So, yeah, the the town shows up, and they, they all in this specific kind of way. Uh, They pray to reveal the truth about the guilt uh, of this criminal. So you do your thing with the the hot water and getting the stone out. And uh, after you get those possible third-degree burns, the the hand was kind of like wrapped up or whatever, arm, whatever you got in the water. Uh, And then after three days, it's examined to see whether it was healing or not. And this was still practiced in 12th century Catholic churches, by the way. Just tossing that out there. Uh, So... Yeah, if after three days, you know, God had not healed your hand or arm or whatever, boiling, whatever, then you were clearly guilty of your crime. But you already paid the price. Who cares? Well, you, this was a test. This was an ordeal to see if you're guilty. Well, uh, you didn't pay. No, 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 no. That's what I mean. Like, no, this is just, yeah. Now you pay the price because we know you're guilty because your arm, uh, your third degree burns yeah. didn't heal in three days in 1920. There's no way that's healing. No, of, of course not. <laughs> Again, the only only people who are getting away maybe are the one folders, right? Like you're not getting your three fold. Anyone's getting off for that. So yeah. So that's that's some hot water, right? Yeah. I want to touch back on kind of our murder hole way, sorta. But I want I want to bring it to a word we did as well already, which is uh, potluck. Oh, we sure did. We did potluck, potluck, right? Yeah. So as we did back in the you know days when. Potlatch. I hate to say olden days all the time, but it was, you know, hundreds of years ago. Yeah. Yeah, potlatch. Um, people, normal folk, everybody had, a you know, a boiling pot of water on a fire and they would throw vegetables in, grains, and whatever they had to eat. They would make this stew uh, constantly, basically. It was always just adding stuff to this stew. Right. And that was your, that was your food. So... <clears throat> Since there was always a pot of boiling water on your stove uh, and you were just a normal folk, someone could possibly come into your home that you didn't want there uh, as well. And you could just grab your stew and throw it on them. Whoa. (laughs) Well, I mean, that's the only weapon you had. That's all. I mean, really, you could, you know, you might, you could have some swords and stuff, but I mean, if someone's right there and whatever, you feel like whatever, you just, uh, you grab your stew pot. And you, uh, you just throw some hot stew on them. And yeah, that I'm would... going to need that stew. Sure. I just have the fire poker in the fire all the time and then grab that if I thought danger was coming. What you know? if you drop it? Then you're setting your whole house on fire. It's just a red poker. Yeah, but we've got dry haze. I mean, what are you... 
Well, maybe. In any event. Uh, yes, this one's great. Um, no matter which way you kind of go, I guess except for like the cost me hot water, which is, is you know, nice, I guess. But we've, we've, been, we've been burning people uh, for a lot longer. <laughs> I'm in hot water. Yeah, they're, they're literally in hot water. <laughs> when I saw murder holes come up, I was very excited because you don't get to talk about that that often. No, and that's a great thing to have that hole to pour or throw things on an intruder. I sort of fancy the trap door though more <laughs> like a you know and then they go down somewhere sure and you have all sorts of surprises down there waiting for them you know you can imagine yeah i like i like that it could be a different one every time or maybe not every time i'm not sure exactly what but it doesn't you know a lot of different things could be quite miserable for you <laughs> yeah sure i mean just falling at a great distance <laughs> falling <laughs> A great distance. It doesn't have to be expensive either. No. If you could get nails, so you oh, could man, make yeah. like just a bed of nails facing upward. They sure. fall on that. You, you pretty much got them. Yeah, they're not coming back for you. No, no. <laughs> not to be cruel or anything. No, sure. It's just uh, just some stuff we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, some stuff. So I wonder, Ray. Yeah, Jay. Huh. A lot of that this episode. Yeah. It's fun for us. It is. I, I do enjoy it. <laughs> Listeners respond, well, not for us. <laughs> it gets tiresome. So, uh, yeah, I, I wonder if any of our listeners work in advertising and make uh, television or radio commercials or content or this sort of business. Yeah, the chance is not zero. Chance is not zero, right? Yeah. So here at Big Science, we do all kinds of... Uh, creative audio and music for advertising and film yes wouldn't you say i would say that yeah uh we've won con gold lions and gold pencils pencils yeah one show yes all those things we do sound designs musics recording casting recording, voiceovers uh make your radio spots better than they were before better stronger faster uh, I made a cool radio spot this year. So yeah, see? for sure. Did that? Yeah. Podcasts. Podcasts. Sure. Sure, we do that. Yes. And uh, these are the kinds of things that can be done for you in your advertising or content needs. We don't really do like uh, bands, like you want to be a band. We could, but it's just not, not how we spend our days. Yeah. Uh, but we'll uh, write music for you and or just uh, sound design, create some other things. These are all things that we can do for your advertising needs. Here at Big Science, see BigScienceMusic.com. That's BigScienceMusic.com. <laughs> Thank you for doing that. Right? <laughs> I wanted to do it, yeah. Oh, you wanted to do <laughs> no, it? No, no, you're good. <laughs> I got that in yeah. there. <laughs> and uh, you could see more about uh, work we've done and other services, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And you don't have to be where we are, near near the groundhog. No, we work everywhere. You could stay near your groundhog, and we'll stay near our groundhog. Your local groundhog. Yeah, stay with your local groundhog and still work with us. BigScienceMusic.com <laughs> Nice. Uh, so having said that, I have hit the sack. <laughs> hit the sack. Yeah, and I okay. guess that's, you know, in a it sort of follows the down 
Oh yeah, down. You're going down, yeah. but you're uh, this one we would use to mean I'm gonna get some rest, right? Some right. Sleep. So you're, you're you're going down to sleep, buddy. It's quite literal. You'd say, you know, yeah, going to sleep. This one is remarkably simple. Okay. And you know, I struggled because I I know I keep mentioning this, and there were at least two that I ended up with that were related to this. I remember the one. It was still that. Uh, sleep tight. Loosen up your bed. Get out of my house. Yes. Now, sleep tight was an episode that informed us that truly, you know, we didn't always have the sort of perfect sleeper. <laughs> <laughs> there was no, oh, we didn't do an all's well this one. Right. It wasn't uh, an all's well mattress. I know. No hybrid technologies. One of our other sponsors. Yeah. White glove setups. Yeah. With, yeah. <laughs> It wasn't that. Yeah. Ha. <laughs> we could we could use one of these kinds of setups to segue into our ad next really time. Should've. So, yeah, just forget about that, listener. But, you know, the mattress wasn't that combination of springs and modern foam. Huh. It wasn't. Really? What it was was wow. a giant bag sewed up with, uh, well, often earlier had hay in it. It yeah. couldn't have been too great at all you know be jagging you in the ear and the side of the head just like a little better than sleeping on raw hay was like cover up the hay right get a little less jabby maybe a little less jabby <laughs> a little less jabby May, you know maybe if you had means before you sewed that sack shot you maybe stuff a little bit of cotton on top but it would probably bunch up and cut man yeah there's no way that's staying in the place yeah the yeah the comforts we have now that we take for granted yeah because these people man they're sleeping on a sack filled with hay yeah and there's no toilets there is no toilet there's no antibiotics they're throwing hot water on you through murder holes <laughs> <laughs> so I I think maybe one of the things that that we covered back then was bunk or bunk bed we did bunk for sure we did bunk because like, it had that thing bunk. you always remember about that politician, right? Bunk or something. Em. Yeah, bunk him. But that was bunk as in, that's, that's a load of bunk. That's some garbage, yeah. Because we, we first sort of see this in the Navy, U.S. Navy in the 1820s is where we coin, if you like, mm. sack, uh, hit the sack. But he, here again, these poor sailors, that's what they had, a cloth sack mm -hmm. stuffed with hay oh. for deeper familiarity sack greek sackos sounding familiar greek sackos <laughs> it is to me yes and i suppose like that's just like so many of our things always come out of war we just said that last time you know uh, world war ii we we had one in just the, the last episode where something you know coalesced mm-hmm via a bunch of guys being thrown together in a cir you know circumstance uh, like a little world a little community and uh, they start using their own language and i think i think one of the the main reasons it, it happens in these environments is it's a consolidated period of time with a very intense connection so you develop your own language and words and, and these idioms are born and then 
that people disperse uh, all over the country or all over the world and propagate this uh, language that they've created or these these words and phrases and hit the sack is one of them. Mm-hmm. So that came out of, uh, like I say, U.S. Navy in the 1820s. Yeah. Uh, you know, guys just found a way of saying that. Uh, maybe someone brought it to the Navy and it then it Hit caught, the, or, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, on in there yeah, and spread everywhere. And then when those guys went home, they used it. So it's really uh, no more complicated than that. That's what people, some say, hit the hay, hit the sack. Yeah, they do are, are interchangeable. But don't know how lucky they are to be hitting the all's well. <laughs> nice. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Nice. So what have you? Uh, I'm going to bite the dust. Oh. Is <laughs> what I have. Uh, same thing. I thought my brain would give me something funny to say. It did not. Yeah, I'm always thinking that's going to happen. Uh, bite the dust. Generally means you're gonna die, I guess, or get killed. But if you're biting dust, yeah, is is that all it is? I fall forward, my face hits the earth, I bite the earth. That is the dust. It's a uh, it's a little different than that. Oh. It seems at least one other route, and I'm gonna trace this back as like it's a it's a line. It may not be a line, but it, it hits history in ways that it feels like kind of like a line. I don't know. All right, let's hear it. Right? Uh, the earliest citation of bite the dust, this literal bite the dust phrase, is 1750 from a friend of the pod, uh, Scottish author Tobias Smollett, who we've had on a few times. Yeah. <laughs> through the, throughout the episodes. Juicy Smollett. In his uh, Adventures of Gil Blas of Santa Lane, the quote is, We made two of them bite the dust and the others betake themselves to fight. So you look, as we do, and you hit our friend the internet, mm. who does what, what it does. Lie. Uh, and it tells you this is, an, this, is, this is an American idiom of origin uh, created around the 1930s when we were uh, making cowboy movies. And people said this in cowboy movies of the 1930s. Oh, that was some of the first talkies. Sure, uh, but that's not the truth, if you will, uh, where it comes from. <laughs> well, it would be where it, where it, where it caught fire. Yeah, right. This notion is expressed, uh, I mean, it's in a translation of the Bible in 1611, this, the King James translation, as lick the dust. Oh. <laughs> um, they that dwell in the wilderness shall bow before him, and his enemies shall lick the dust. So this is Psalm 72 of the King James Version, which is 1611, um, but that's the translation. The phrase is in the Bible. 1382, we get a, they shone lick dust as the serpent. Oh. Yeah, I like that one too. <laughs> Um, but according, which is, I thought was neat, uh, which kind of touches on what you were saying. Uh, Jose Iribaran says that it's a, a very old expression, mortar el polvo. Uh, so the knights of the middle ages, when they felt they were mortally wounded, would take a handful of earth and put it in their mouth or, oh. or bite it. Uh, it says as a last kiss to mother earth who had sustained them and who was now going to receive, receive them. In her womb, oh. what, he, what he says. Um, so all, uh, not quite 
I've I've died. I've fallen forward, and there's dirt in my mouth. I'm I know I'm going to die, and therefore I'm going to take a handful of the dirt where I where I come from and put it in my mouth to say thank you and welcome me back to the dirt. Dang, which I thought is really cool, right? <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah, I also was like, oh, that's that's awesome. This is Middle Ages again. We go we can go back even further to uh, you know Homer's Odyssey, where there's a line in Greek, obviously it was written in Greek, ancient Greek, uh, and it translates to altogether biting with their teeth the great floor. Mm. And this phrase, again, was translated into English. Um, and when they translated it, they used the phrase bite the dust instead of uh, biting with their teeth the great floor. So it's, I guess it's not clear if this specific phrase dates back that far, the the biting the dust but the licking of floor or biting of dirt or eating of dirt kind of really you know is the is the driver behind the idea right yeah they just said well that great floor is going to be dusty right and let's just cut to the chase on that one <laughs> but it it it's a it's a latin phrase it goes back to to latin which is not not like it wasn't similarly timed to ancient greece sort of Right, um, but yeah. the the Latin phrase is terum lingiri, uh, which means lick earth, as you can, you know, get from the from those words. Sure, and that's back, you know, really Latin. Get your lingi on the terra. Terum lingiri, mm. lick that earth. Um, but I like the Middle Ages. I think it's a cool cool way to do it. If you know you're going down. Just eat, like, just, right. just, I'm already going to be this. Yeah, I might as well just start putting it in me yeah. now. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh shit, that's something, huh? Yeah. Nice. This one's a little uh, simple, um, but it has nice color. I think it does have the color. Yeah, I, I kind of thought the same when I started it. Like, oh, you know, you die, you fall forward, your your mouth in the in the ground. Right. The end. Not, I'm gonna be a badass. I just put some dirt in my mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's yours. Dirt. Biting uh, the dust. Yeah, not like that Queen song that no. comes to mind. Sure. But it, it is using that, you know. The, yeah, yeah. Right, that's exactly. Yeah, and in the, in the, you know, by the time you hit the poets, you're going to be using that. 1750, Tobias Smollett. He's like, yeah, let's do this. We're biting the dust, folks. Get on, you know, get on board. It's a nice little phrase. You got to use it. Mm-hmm. All right, then. I'm enjoying all of this. I really do want to know, listeners, about your local groundhog and their name. So please write in and let us know. Ah, uh, yeah. Or any other thing, like suggestions or comments or concerns you have. Yeah. It was also good. But I, I would like to know more local groundhogs. Or questions and sure. ideas for shows, idioms that you're confused about, idioms you think we're confused about. <laughs> if we mess one up pretty horribly, yeah. let us know. Any of that. <laughs> uh, hit us up. Whole Nine Yards Pod. Whole Nine Yards yes. Pod. Twitter, Instagram, and Reddit. Whole Nine Yards Podcast. Facebook, I think, is what it's still called. Yeah. Or Rebecca will give you an email. But by any and all means, just hit us up. Yeah. Please. And uh, that's all great. Everything is great. I'm Jay. And I'm Ray. And we're, we're not, not idiots. idiots. Whole Nine Yards is written, recorded, and produced by Big Science Pods. Learn more at whole9yards.org 
or contact Whole Nine Yards by emailing heyyou at wholenineyards.org. That's heyyou at wholenineyards.org. Whole Nine Yards theme music composed by Big Science Music.